Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 76. Today, I am hanging out with my favorite NYC gal, Kat Harris. We are going to talk about navigating those hard seasons, working through the burnout, what our personal health looks like as an entrepreneur, among talking about how to create a true community and approach collaborations. Now, if anyone can talk about all of this in one episode, it is Kat from The Refined Woman, and I am just so excited to introduce you to her and to let you in on our honest conversation between friends. I mean, let's be honest, all of these episodes are awesome, but this one is really, really great. Let's dive on in. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey, Gold Diggers, it's Jenna Kutcher, and today I'm really honored to introduce you to Kat Harris. Now, Kat, like most of my girlfriends in my life, started as an Instagram friend, turned into a real-life friend, and she is an amazing and talented photographer based in New York. She is also a co-founder of The Refined Woman, and I'm really excited for her to just kind of explain what that is, what being the editor-in-chief of that looks like, and what their overall mission is. And today we're just going to have a girl talk conversation about life, about rest, about business, about all the things. And so welcome to the show, Kat. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and so excited to be a part of this. And well, I'm excited to have you. <laughs> so tell everybody all about you. I got to sit with Kat in New York and we ate pizza. Well, I ate pizza. You probably ate like a salad or something. <laughs> and we got to connect about a year and a half ago. And so I'm just so excited to connect again. So tell everyone a little bit about you, what you do, where you started and what you're working on right now. Awesome. Okay. So where to even begin? I wish we were just in person and had like a big bottle of wine to talk, even though it's like (laughs) 11 o'clock in the morning. Me Um, too. But my name is Kat Harris and I am a Texas girl who I found my way to Southern California, which is where I was in the nonprofit world for a few years. And that was really challenged by the idea that we are all creative beings. It's figuring out what is that thing inside of us that lights us up creatively and going for it and then using it for good. So I had never thought I was a creative person. I was always an athlete and thought, you know, art is for those other people. But through that initial job I had out of college, I realized, no, I am creative. And I, you know, I'm young, I'm single, I'm living in California, I'm going to be a photographer and just go for it. And I'll never know if I'm good at it, if I don't just go all in. So I somehow convinced one of the top photographers in Southern California to hire me with zero experience and worked for him full time for a couple of years. And he really taught me everything about the business and really invested into me, taught me how to use the camera and really, really fell in love with photography and with people. And then after that, I started my own business as a photographer, which I never, ever had a desire to run my own business. And I always thought, I'm just going to be the one that's in the background, and I'm fine with that. But things change and we evolve and our plans don't turn out the way we think they are. So I started my own business. And pretty soon after that, I started traveling to New York on a monthly basis for editorial clients. And I was shooting New York Fashion Week each season and hustling like crazy. And I think after my, I think it was my 12th season of Runway, I left just feeling sort of empty and thinking, what am I doing with my life? And what is the legacy I'm leaving? And as amazing as all these clothes are and as glamorous and sexy as these runways are, there's nothing here that resonates with me as a young working woman. And even if I could afford these clothes, they wouldn't look good on me because I do not weigh 80 pounds. And from there kind of birthed this idea of the refined woman. And what it initially started out as was this space for myself and my girlfriend, Emily Scott from San Francisco, where we would just kind of show here are the clothes that we are wearing to work in. And we want to be fashionable, but functional and comfortable. So it was kind of this thing where we just started on a whim and we're like, whatever, like, we'll just start this thing and our family and friends will read it. And we just kind of slowly started growing over time. And the more we did it, the more I felt really challenged by again, this idea of legacy, like what is the legacy I'm leaving? What does success mean to me? And as awesome as clothes are, like I'm not a fashionista, like my business partner is, and she is amazing. And she, I have to send her photos all the time of what I'm wearing. And she's like, you cannot wear that in public. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I just felt like 
do I want, like, when all is said and done, whether I have a hundred people that read this blog or a hundred thousand, do I want to push them towards buy these cool things? Or do I want to create space for women to develop and be better people and to know that they are not alone? And so from there, I decided, well, if this is the message I want, I get to live that first. So I started sharing my own personal stories and it kind of all started with me sharing my dating life in New York City and kind of almost overnight, and I know this is rare, we went from, honestly, I think it was like my mom and sisters that would read our blog to thousands of people reading these articles. And so it clearly, like personal story clearly resonated. And so Emily and I just kept on talking of what do we want this to be? And so it's morphed over the years and now we're four and a half years. And I feel really clear that our mission at The Refined Woman is to empower women to embrace their beauty, identity, and value through the art of storytelling. So that's who we are. And that's a little bit of how I got there. And I just think on a daily basis, I am challenged to like live this message of sharing with other women that you matter, your voice matters, your life matters, and you are not alone. And so I constantly get to create opportunities to step out and put that out there, which is really challenging because it's definitely like fun and to talk about the idea of being vulnerable, (laughs) but then actually doing it feels really exposing and scary. Um, So that's where we're at. (laughs) It's amazing. I agree a hundred percent. And I feel like things like authenticity and vulnerability and all of those are like catchphrases. And I was really catching myself thinking about that yesterday because that's the new thing. But I think that it takes the right people and the right messaging and the right way of sharing yourself to truly hit that space. Like we can all talk about our laundry piles and our messy desks, but what is actually going on at the heart of your life? And then how can you share that in a way that isn't just like throwing your garbage out into the world, but is making people feel less alone. And I know Kat that you are on that mission and it is a challenging mission. Like you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions that it just can feel really isolating. Right. Yeah, it really can. And I think something that I did kind of in the beginning was I open up the refined woman and our team, Emily and myself up to mentorship. And kind of our thing was that before we go live with anything, and we've talked about some pretty intense things on the website from you know, breakups to miscarriages, to postpartum depression, to anxiety disorders. And I think what can happen in the online space in the name of this quote unquote authenticity is people can be super vulnerable online. And then the people in their lives or their roommates or spouses will read something that goes live on Facebook. And they're like, wait, what? I had no idea this is going on in your life. So kind of what we decided is before anything goes public anywhere on any space, it has been processed with our core, the core people of our lives. And nothing that goes online is going to be a surprise to the people that we're doing life with. So it's really like, there's times when stuff has happened in my life and I instantly like want to turn it into a teaching moment. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I thankfully have a team that's like, 
go ahead, write the article, but it's not going live for at least six months because you need to live this and you need to experience this pain and you need to go through it before creating it as an opportunity for other people. So I think I feel really blessed to have a team that really, we really fight for each other in that way of saying like, Hey, we're all about authenticity and honesty, but that starts here. It starts with our team. It starts with how we interact with each other as business owners and friends, and then how we interact with our interns and our employees. And then, and then from there, we go outward because I think for a lot of, a lot of times in my business, I wanted just to like skip the personal growth and like get to the teaching moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I, I realized like that's not honoring my process. So. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the season that you're in. And I talk a lot about grace over hustle. And, you know, I really have gotten to a place where I feel like I am not working around the clock. I am actually having more business hours and rest hours and way more of a semblance of balance. And I think that a lot of times entrepreneurs who are wanting to get started and seeing this more and more and more life really get sucked into it in a way that takes away from their actual life just so that they can have more business, more followers, more money, more clients. And so I think that the season of your life that you're in right now is super inspiring. So talk to us a little bit about how you got to this point, which was a little bit messy and kind of how you're moving forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, my... My life today in New York City looks so, so different than it did even a year ago, let alone five years ago. And I think I bought into this lie that is so easy to buy into of I matter because I do and I matter because of what I create. And so when I started my business, I mean, it wasn't out of this like place of obligation. I was really like so in love with photography and so passionate about the refined woman that I was pulling anywhere between 60 and 80 hours a week of work. And like nothing trumped the work card for me. I looked around me at other business owners and they were living very similar lives. And I just thought, this is what it is to be new into your career. You just do whatever it takes. I was doing a ton of stuff for free, which honestly I can't, part of me can't regret because it led me to the place where I'm at today. Um, but over, over the years, I had developed this rash that was all over my body and no one, like no doctor could figure out what it was. I was having heart palpitations constantly, I was not able to sleep. Um, I started having really intense anxiety attacks and I was blacking out on photo shoots. I had was throwing up, had no control over my body. And it got to this place where my best friend sat me down and she said, you know, if you don't slow down, I will see you in the hospital. And I was like, you don't get it. Like, 
all the pressure is on me. All the responsibility is on me and I don't get paid time off. And I was just acting from such this place of like fear, to be honest. And so essentially a little over a year ago, my health just was like, okay, we're done. (laughs) We are done. And I was so ill and hardly able to get out of bed was having debilitating anxiety attacks. And to be honest, I had heard of people having anxiety attacks, but I am not the most empathetic person at times. And I would think, could you just like take a chill pill, like deal with your anxiety, whatever that means, and like get back to the drawing board. And I felt so humbled when I started struggling with them because I felt like I had no control over myself and my body. And I became terrified to go to work and it really stopped me in my tracks. And I look back now and I am so grateful that that happened because that happened when I was 30 years old. And I think, man, that could have happened when I was 60 and I had a heart attack and, you know, had to quit everything. But I really got to really say, okay, the way I'm living my life is not working. This is not working for me. And my friends have been telling me this for years. And now my body is telling me no more. And so I had a real opportunity around a year, year and a half ago to really begin to do some really hard work to living differently and start thinking of what is the life that I want to have and what are my core values? Like what are the, what are the basic needs of my life? And, and I kind of got to this point where I realized I am living from a place where I am saying my identity is my work. I only matter as much as I am successful. And listen, I would have never said that with my mouth because I was, you know, preaching this message to my audience and at conferences that you matter because of who you are. Our worth comes from the inside out. But there was this massive disconnect. And I think oftentimes we have this like formal worldview that we live by. Like I would say, this is what I believe about myself. This is what I believe about the world. This is what I believe about God. But then functionally in our day-to-day lives, we live very different stories. And I was living a very different story. And so I kind of went back to ground one and realized I don't matter because of my job, because of my status, because of my security, because of the relationship status I am or am not in. I matter because I am Catherine Harris and I was made in the image of God. And I matter because of that. And so I started back at square one, Jenna, and started doing things that seemed so silly, to be honest, but have really changed my life. For example, I now prioritize no matter what I'm getting eight hours of sleep. And that might sound ridiculous to some people who have kids and are like, well, I get four hours of sleep. Well, right now in my life as a single person, I can prioritize that. So it's eight hours of sleep a night. It's I'm meal prepping every week. I am eating three meals a day plus snacks and I am working out and moving my body five times a week, not because I want to look a certain way, but because I know that how I am wired, I need to move my body. And it means that one day a week, no matter what, I take a day off and I rest. So that has really changed everything for me. And I say, and it has not been easy and I've had to put a lot of parameters and have community in my life that really challenge me and say, Hey, like, 
are you doing this thing again? Or, Hey, like I've noticed that you have not really taken a break in a while. What's going on with you? Because if anything that I learned through this whole process is as much as I said, I was open to community. I wanted it on my terms and I just wanted to be the hero. And I felt like I can help you. Let me help you and your hard times or whatever you're going through. But I don't, I can do it on my own and I'll be the strong one for you. And I had set my life up so carefully that I didn't need anyone. And then I got to a place in my life last year where I literally had friends grocery shopping for me and like holding me by the arm, taking me to the doctor because I was so ill and yeah, so that's, I mean, it's definitely changed the way I run my business because I don't work as much. And what that also means is maybe I won't be as quote unquote successful or growing numbers wise as quickly as I want to. But I think that I feel so, so passionate about living a balanced life. And I think it's really easy to like focus on one thing, whether it's like I'm in that career part of my life or I'm in that part of my life where I want to be really physically fit or I want to focus on the food I'm eating or I really, really want to meet my husband. So I'm going to put all my energy in there. But I really believe that we were created to be holistic beings and it really matters to invest into all areas of our lives and so I'm really practicing living that and it's not always easy, <laughs> but it's been a really humbling, but good journey. I think so much of that is just so relatable. I know a lot of listeners have struggled with anxiety and I feel like it's something that people just don't talk about or don't understand because it looks different for everyone else. And I know for me, when I started, you know, I wanted to book more weddings and then book more weddings. And I was looking at that number. And I remember when people would ask me what I would do, I'd say, I'm a wedding photographer. I shoot 30 weddings a year to give that like validity to it. And I remember during that season, I remember I went to the gym one day and one of my friends was like, you look exhausted. And I was like, yeah, I can't sleep anymore. I wake up in the middle of the night. I feel like I need to be like attached to my computer. You know, it would be like, I would take a 10 minute break to eat. And then I would be back on editing and doing all the things. And, you know, I feel like one of the hardest things as an educator is that so many of us have worked ourselves to that point. And it's a lot easier to say, like, once I hit rock bottom, I knew I had to change. But it's like, how can we save people from getting to that point? Because that season is so stinking hard and confusing. And so many of us have never struggled in that sense. Like you said, like, you're not not an anxious person. Like you've never understood that. And then you hit that and you're like, how in the heck did I end up here? You know? Right. Yeah. Gosh. I think so many things. I think one of the things is I think all people are leaders. Like we're all leaders and we all get to use our voices to share our stories, whatever that looks like, whether that's over coffee with a friend, whether that's on our Instagram accounts or with our team or 
for in the corporate world are peers. And I think part of it is dismissing this idea that we can do all things all the time. And I went through, I did some workshops a couple years ago, and one of the coined phrases was 100% is possible 100% of the time. And I thought, man, that sounds awesome. And that's so right. But it actually isn't because everything we do comes at a cost. And I think that like if if I want to make a million dollars by December and that's not like the trajectory that I'm on, then if I want to do that, like that's going to be a really, really high cost for my personal life and all these other areas of my life. And I think it honestly starts with people sharing their story and inviting other people into it, like in the moment, as opposed to like, I think oftentimes how we deal with our problems, or at least how I dealt with my problems for a long time is let me like go to my room and lick my wounds by myself, get myself together, and then go out and say, you guys, I used to really struggle with this thing. And it's what, I mean, I did that in college. I had an eating disorder. I was a collegiate athlete and it felt like this really shameful thing. And I got over it on my own, like in the quiet by myself, which I look back at my young self and I have compassion on her. I'm like, oh, poor thing. She just didn't know like that she could ask for help. But I think really letting people into the process and saying like, it's not about getting to this like ethereal destination of arrival. It's saying like, hey, like I need help right now. And this is where I am at right now. And I can't do this on my own. Because I I just think we really, really need each other. And we have this, I think, especially as like small business owners, it like it draws in these people that are very competent and capable, efficient, ambitious people. We're like, no, like I can do it. Like I'm going to start my own business. And so we kind of live this life of like putting our head to the ground and like hustle and pounding through and making things happen. And I remember walking through, I was, you know, walking through the streets of Manhattan a couple years ago and I was exhausted, completely burnt out, not feeling well. And I was like, how am I in a city of 8 million people, but feel so alone? And I looked around me and I was on this busy street and everyone had their head to the ground. And I was like, man, what a metaphor. Like we all just have our head to the grounds because we're trying to make these dreams happen or achieve these goals, but we're missing life and we're missing community. And so that's when I really started to say like, man, I need some friends. And I think you and I had connected on Instagram at that time, but I really started feeling like, We have to create a community here to create space to support one another because I think it can feel like this like dog eat dog world or like, whoa, like Jenna grew this much. Like, oh, that feels really threatening to me. So I need to do this. But as opposed to seeing like, man, like Jenna just created like a really awesome win in her life. Like a win for her is a win for me. Just as much as like 
a loss for me is a loss for you. And so really kind of shifting that mindset of like, we're not competitors here. And it's not about having it all together, but it's really about shifting. Like if we actually stopped the grind long enough to look up and connect eye to eye with another human being, I would see this person is my greatest ally and my greatest partner if I choose to look at it like that. So I think when we start viewing people and our peers as our teammates and coalition, as opposed to competitors or threats, then we can say, hey, I'm struggling because it's okay to not have it together with our teammates because that's when they get to come in and support us. I love that. I just love you. And I think that you and I have totally been on this journey of figuring it out as we go. Like, I feel like we've been able to watch each other do that over the years on social media, through voice text, through all the things. But one of the things that I really think you have this gift and this superpower in is connecting and collaborating. And I know that a lot of people, especially if you are coming at this place where, you know, we have been capable and competent and we want to do everything on our own and we never ask for help. We suck at asking for help. But you have this gift of bringing other women in in this way that really connects like-minded people. I know I've met a lot of friends through you, through your ability to say, hey, we are in this together and how can we help each other out? So can you talk to me a little bit about how you approach collaborations, how you believe in that power of connection and what that kind of looks like and how it's taken a little bit of work off your plate too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think to be honest, how it started with me, I've been trying to think about this recently. I'm like, why do I love working with other people? And part of it might be that I was an athlete my whole life and I played on a team and I am just so much more interested in doing life with other people than alone. But when we started doing collaborations for the Refined Woman, honestly, I just felt like there are women that I think are badass ballers that I want to be friends with. How can I become friends with them? I know. I'll see if they want to write for my blog. (laughs) And so it was really, I felt like, man, I'm inspired by these women in my life or whether they're friends, strangers, people that I knew on Instagram, living lives on purpose and with excellence. And I just felt like I want to know their stories. Like, Even if I'm the only one that ends up reading it, like I want to know these women. So honestly, I think it started like a little selfishly, to be honest. Like I just wanted to, I wanted to know other women in the industry and in the creative world. And, and I also think my mom always told me, if you want a friend, be a friend. And I had this really interesting thing happen a couple months ago. I was on the phone. I have a 14 year old sister. And she was telling me about stuff going on at school and how, you know, there's like the popular people and then the not popular people. And there's like, you know, people are mean and she wanted to go to a dance, but she didn't know if she was going to have any friends there. And I was like, oh man, Grace, let me tell you, I had just gone to an event that day here in the city and I went by myself and Jenna, I was so insecure. I felt like this middle school girl again going Mm -hmm. into like a dance by myself and being like, oh my gosh, like all the cool people are over there and I don't even want to go because I don't have any friends. And I remember before I walked into that event, I just like heard my mom's voice in my head that said, 
if you want a friend, be a friend. And also like reminding myself of the truth that I matter. I am worthy. We are all on the same playing field. All people want to be loved, known, heard, and understood. So I get to go into any room freely and with confidence that I can go up to anyone and say hi and kind of dismantle that feeling of like insecurity first with myself and then with other people. And I ended up going to this event and meeting a couple girls that ended up becoming friends. And it was just such a proof to me. I feel like we have these things in our lives, whether we're in middle school wanting to be friends with the cool kids. And we're like, Oh, let me just like get out of middle school so I can like go to high school and it won't be like that. And then, Oh, college won't be like that. And then let me just get out of college. Well, guess what? It's going to be there our whole lives. And unless we choose to live differently. So the idea, so that brings me back to this idea of collaboration is we are all, I really do think that like we are all in this together And it just takes someone making that first step. And I think that's kind of like what I realized. Like I was seeing all these different women on social media or running their own businesses. And I just felt like, man, these women are living really purposefully. And not only are they creating excellent products, whether that was writing books, doing online courses, speaking being a photographer, but these are women that have this pulse and understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. And I think what I, I kind of had this picture of the social media world feeling like you're in this room and everyone is like banging on loud symbols. And one of us just goes in there and we try to like say something that really matters and is important, but because it's like a drop in the bucket. And so I thought, why not get like 20 women together, 30 women together, as many women as I can and say like, Hey, this isn't about growing our followings. Like this is about living a message and creating community and being the first to make that step towards each other. And we're just going to share a positive message together. And there is zero pressure or obligation, but if you want to join, like come alongside. And I think the thing that I've learned through that is like, honestly, People say yes a lot more than they say no. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there and ask. Because the worst thing that could happen is that someone says, you know what? I don't have time. I can't do that right now. And that's like not a bad worst case scenario. So yeah, I think once I started doing that and my just me myself being encouraged by the women that I was connecting with, I just felt like, let's just do this more and more. And in that, like, I realized too, by having different women and different voices on the website, I kind of really started seeing more and more the opportunity of like creating this tribe. And it's one thing to hear my story or Emily's story, but Women, and I think men as well, but our audience is 94% female. It's like people are just dying for the opportunity to be known and to share their story and to feel connected, but they're just wanting permission. And I know that because that's how I feel. Like, I just want permission. And so I felt like, well, if I feel that way, other people probably feel that way too. And so let's just create that space. So we did. And 
It definitely has allowed me to be more balanced because I am writing a lot less articles and creating a lot less content on the website. But I just feel so proud of all the content we're sharing now because it's this more full and holistic voice of women all over the United States. And I think the biggest lie is that we're alone. And I think it, yeah, it just over and over again goes back to like, if you want a friend, you got to be that friend. And that can, to make that first step to reaching out to a stranger and saying like, I think you're really cool. Like, can we just be friends? Like, it just reminds me of when we were little kids and like would go to our neighbor's house and be like, do you want to play outside? Like, that's, My mom that's, used to always make fun of me because I would walk up to people and say, hi, I'm Jenna, J-E-N-N-A. Want to be my friend? <laughs> She's yeah. like, you were just bold. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Jenna? Like, you are that same person today. Like, you are a friend to people and you, like, you create that space for other people to be their undone and messy selves because you are that first. And I think that's what it takes. Like, collaboration, yeah, you're going to ask people and people are going to say no, but the people that are going to say yes, like you're going to create magic together. And it just, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, like I do get feedback, like people say, man, you're like great at collaborations. Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, I just ask people like, Mm -hmm. that's all you just got to be willing to ask. So I feel like I was a little all over the place there, but no, that's life, right? Speaking of being messy and undone, I'm recording this in slippers and a dress with no bra on and I just got out of the shower. So it's perfect. Like you can create content any day of the week, but something I think I love about you and the way that you approach things too, is you're like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what our mission is here. Do you want to come alongside? And it's never in this way of like, here's what's in it for me and here's what's in it for you. And here's why you should take this opportunity. It's like, Hey, this is on our heart right now. And we're just inviting you. If you want to be a piece of it, like great. If the time isn't right, that's great too. And I think that you have this gift of just giving people the space and capacity to decide when something is a fit and when it's not. And I think also you understand that sometimes no, doesn't mean like no, never. It could just mean, Hey, no, not right now, but but maybe in the future. And I think that's a big gift. And I think a lot of people are very quick to feel shut down. If they hear one, no, they're just like, this is a bad idea or nobody's going to do this. And, you know, nobody ever gave any of us permission to do what we're doing today. And I feel like so many times when people are starting out, they're just waiting for that permission. And I used to be the one that wanted to give that. And now I'm like, Hey, Like if you don't believe in yourself enough to just go for this, then I don't know if it's going to work out and that's okay too. But like the people that are waiting right now, they're probably never going to do those crazy big God dreams that are on their heart because they're going to just continue to wait. Yeah. So I think let's just have a public service. (laughs) You have the permission. Yes. (laughs) You can do the things that you want to do and are on your heart. And, you know, I think with the idea of collaboration, when I used to work for this photographer that I worked for, I had this really interesting insight to, you know, he had people emailing him every single day, all day, asking things from him. Hmm. You're so amazing. You know, can I take you out to coffee? Can I do this with you? Like he really like challenged me of like, if you are ever reaching out to someone, 
like it has to feel like a win-win because people are, especially if they are leaders and influential, like the more you rise to the occasion and the more you develop personally, professionally, relationally, people are attracted to healthy and -hmm. people are attracted to whole and people are attracted to powerful leaders. And so there's going to be more and more people that want your time. So he would say, you know, when you reach out to someone, just make sure that it's a win-win because you're getting the thing that you want because you just want time with this person. But how is it special for them? Like, how can you make that special for them? And I really took that to heart. And so when I do ask people to be a part of something, I do realize, listen, like we're all running our own lives and our own businesses right now. And so I really do try to go at it with like, there is zero pressure. There is zero Mm -hmm. obligation. And I will respect your no, because I think when people can feel really rejected, Mm -hmm. when we get no's. And one of my friends always says, rejection is protection. (laughs) And I think that's like so good. But if that, if a healthy boundary for another person is no, then that's actually a healthy boundary for me as well, because boundaries don't bless one person and shortchange the next, like they're good for all the people. And so when I approach collaboration, first of all, like I always just make sure like, is this person in line? Like what's their why? Why are they doing what they're doing? Because that's what I really connect with. Like you could create, I don't even know, like pillowcases and or whatever you're creating. But if I'm like, wow, now this is a person who really values rest, self-care, balance, investing into the lives of others, then like I want to know that person. So I really try when I reach out to people to make sure that it is people that kind of share a similar ethos and create an opportunity where I honestly view collaborations as like, I'm just creating space. I'm creating space for you to do something or create content that you possibly would already be creating. But the win-win for both of us is that like, the more we get other people sharing this message, whether it's that you know, like forgiveness matters, self-care matters. I just did a collaboration on love and relationships, but now you get an opportunity to connect with all these other like-minded women. And on top of that, like we get to put a message out there that is going to encourage other people. And without getting like too like ethereal or whatever, I just really think that Our words matter and putting like truth and hope and light and encouragement out into the planet, it makes a difference. Whether that like 10 people read it or a billion people read it, like light matters and love really does always win. And so to give people opportunity just to spread more light and encouragement and hope to others, to me, it it feels like the ultimate win. And so I think, yeah, just to encourage anyone that is wanting to do collaborations, but afraid to make that first step, like just think of your why and find other people that are living that similar ethos and create an opportunity 
where they can be a part of a community. That's exactly too. When I wanted to do the podcast, I'm like, I want to create this platform where like people that are like changing the game and living authentically and are ready to share and live their story and share it with others. Like that is a space I want to create. Like I don't need the praises. I don't need any of that. If I can just create this place and invite people in, that is where the magic happens. Like it's not a one woman show at all. (laughs) And I think that that's a beautiful thing thing. And I think too, it's like, you know, you look at the ability to create connections online, but how are you taking them offline? How are you taking them beyond an Instagram comment or a DM that that person is never going to see if they're not following you? I'm only speaking from experience. And how do you actually tell people like I'm paying attention and I care because I think that a lot of times people look at collaboration and they're like, Hey, I'm going to do this one thing and here's the info to join. And it's like, do you even know who I am or why did you choose me or why did you think this was a fit? And so I think that really getting to the heart of it, like you said, and making sure that things are in alignment because people can tell when things are not aligned. Like our authenticity meters are very, very good. These days. And so I feel like it's such a thing where you can tell when things just aren't a right fit or they're being forced. And a lot of times it takes a lot of learning moments to figure out what that true match and fit look like. But I'm just, I think you're amazing at it. And I think that it's such a gift and I could talk to you all stinking day. So where can everybody find you, follow you, check out the blog, maybe even submit to it. What would that look like for our listeners? Absolutely. So you can find us at therefinedwoman.com. We come out with two articles a week and you can sign up for our email list on our website to get just little love letters and weekly updates from us. And then we're super active on Instagram. Our handle is the refined woman. And yeah, I love to hear from people and try to interact as much as I can on those spaces. And, and yeah, even if something about this sparked your interest and you feel like you have a story to tell, email us <laughs> info mm-hmm. at the refined woman.com and let's talk about sharing your story. The thing that I say often to my team and that I share just with the refined woman tribe is you're welcome here. Like you belong here and you're welcome. And this is a space where I want you to know that you can come as you are and, and you are not alone and you will be accepted and loved. So that's our heart with what we're about. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited for everyone to tune in and thank you just for being vulnerable and sharing some of the harder stuff. Cause I know that we all walk through those seasons, but I know that your story is going to absolutely make people feel less alone and a little more welcome. So thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to gold digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, you gold digging dream chaser you.